Hello folks, it's been about a week since the last show, my name's Brady Pointer, this is The Point. Got some football talk today, happy to hear about it. Carson Wentz is gone, going to talk the NFL cap too, a little Dallas Mavs update, and we're going to talk about Fernando Tatis getting that big deal yesterday, getting paid at such a young age, what was I doing at 22, getting drunk, not doing anything productive, that's for damn sure. So anyway... We're going to start with Carson Wentz. Big news of the day happened earlier. Um, yeah, he got traded to the Colts for a conditional second-round pick in 2022 on top of a third-round pick in 2021. That 2022 second-rounder can become a first if Wentz plays at or more than 75% of Indianapolis's snaps next season or if he plays at least 70 and the team makes the playoffs. I think that's I think that's a reasonable condition right there given the fact that Wentz does have an injury injury history and on top of the fact that if he doesn't just play well at all he might just get benched for Jacoby Brissett wouldn't that be embarrassing but I do think this is a pretty good spot for Carson uh definitely upgrade on the offensive line which is huge the, the Indianapolis offensive line is light years better than what Philly's able to produce this team was tied second with Green Bay and sacks allowed uh last season that to 20 at 21 that's the second tied second for the most for the fewest sacks allowed that's that's not very many 21 sacks is a good number to be at so that will definitely help Carson Wentz and definitely he was inconsistent with Philadelphia he definitely had his own issues but it is very hard to do anything offensively without a good offensive line and so I will give him a little benefit of, benefit of the doubt there with the issues on the offensive line. It is very hard to do things on offense if you cannot block. And that, that goes for running the football, throwing the football, anything. And, you know, also having Frank Reich there is also very nice for Carson. Reich was there in 2016, also there in 2017 when Wentz was a pro bowler, when he uh, threw for over 4,000 yards. And so I think that'll definitely... Help him out there. There's some familiarity there. The offense that he runs is similar to what they ran in Philly that helped Carson Wentz get to those numbers and get to that stature where everyone was on the Wentz train and then fell off really quickly. Um, so, but once again, big trade, big news. So I guess the Philly's going to stick with Jalen Hurts. We'll see how well that goes. Um, that'll be interesting to see. And obviously, the offensive line, it will pop will, Probably continue to be an issue in Philadelphia unless they can get that fixed there. Uh, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is if you cannot block for them. It will be hard to do anything good offensively. Along, you know, Carson going, he's got more weapons in Indianapolis. He's got Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's still on that team. He he can get back to where he was a few seasons ago. You know, maybe, you know, Jonathan Taylor's a good running back. He's young. You know, Jack Doyle's not a bad tight end, so there's definitely a better situation here for Carson Wentz. And honestly, it, I don't care if he plays well. It doesn't matter to me. If he does, he does. That's great. Good for him. He's in the AFC. It doesn't bother me anymore. So, if he goes out there and he balls out in Indianapolis, great. That's good for him. Awesome. Love to see it. And I think he has a very good chance to. I think getting out of getting out of Philadelphia was good for him. It was it was much needed. I didn't think the change at head coach was going to fix anything. I think he definitely needed the change of scenery. Uh, the other team in this situation was the Bears. The Bears were vying for Carson, and I don't think that was a good matchup either way. I don't think the Bears really wanted him. They just need a quarterback outside of Mitchell Trubisky, and I don't think Carson wanted to go to Chicago. He didn't really like the situation. The Bears front office 
isn't as solid as Indianapolis. They don't have the coaching staff that Indianapolis has. So I think the situation is better for him in Indy. And on top of that, Eagles didn't really have much leverage in this trade at all. He wanted out. He had just been benched. He had the big contract looming over him. So then the Eagles wanting first for Carson Wentz was never going to happen. I don't even know if a team even offered up a first for Carson. So it was it was smart for the Eagles to bite the bullet, take what they can get, and I think even being able to even turn that second into a first, which it which could happen, which could very well happen. I don't think it would be a very high first round pick. I think it'd be like maybe nineteenth as something I saw um something I saw on Twitter. So it would not be a very high pick, and I think the Eagles probably got what they could out of it. And we'll see what they do next season with Jalen Hurts. I'm really interested to see what's going on there in Philly. Uh, and if they're bad, that's just that's better for me anyway. Uh, that, that, that makes me happy. So, big trade in the NFL news. Another big NFL news came out. Uh, the cap minimum was released as well in a league memo. Today, earlier today, the cap will be no lower than $180 million. It was supposed to be no lower than 175 so this is good news. It's up $5 million. Um, the final cap number has not been set yet. We just know it will not be lower than $180 million. The final cap will be reviewed, according to the memo, will be reviewed um, when they review the final 2020 revenue figure along with other audit and accounting adjustments. A source told ESPN that the final number will probably be closer to 180 So it will probably be sticking around this range. It could get up to as high as 185 probably in that in between there somewhere, but closer to 180 Last year, the cap with the NFL cap, I believe, was closer to two two hundred million. Like I think it's like hundred ninety eight million, almost hundred ninety nine million. So this will be a pretty big hit for some teams. Uh, I think as of right now, there are twelve teams that are over the cap with the new adjustment. Dallas is not one of them. Okay, and you know, no, not it's that time. Daily mentioned in the show. Um, pay your quarterback. Okay, pay your quarterback. Dallas sitting on about nineteen mil in cap space. Pay your quarterback. I know Dallas loves to restructure contracts. They've done it so many times over the past decade. Let's let's make let's do so. Sign your quarterback. I don't know why I'm having to say this every time I have a damn show. Sign your quarterback. Free agency starts March 17. I don't care if you franchise him and then sign franchise tag him and then sign him. Sign your quarterback to a long term deal. Okay, I don't care about the cap. No, we're gonna we're not. It's not gonna be until the final cap number comes out because Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. Or just riding the cap. That's all they're talking about. Cap, 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 cap space. Gotta, gotta, gotta worry about cap space. No, you gotta worry about winning football games. You ain't gonna do that without a quarterback. Won't happen. Won't happen. You ain't gonna be able to draft one. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Trade for one? Trade for Trade for one? No. Sign a quarterback. Okay, you can make some moves. You know, you maybe cut Jalen Smith. Save $8 million. Ty, You know, Tyron. I would hate to see Tyron Smith go, but the man's injured. Oft injured. Coming off neck surgery, 30 years old. You can save $10 million by getting rid of him. Maybe draft maybe draft a tackle. You know, Leo Collins, he's coming back. You know, maybe if he can get in shape, get that hip injury fixed up. We'll see about that. But first and foremost, we got cap space, Dallas. Use it. You got to sign a quarterback. All right? Okay? Now, I don't know how many times I got to say it. Every show. Every show I say it, I'm tired of saying it. I don't want to have to say it. I want to do a show about the Cowboys signing their quarterback. That's what I want to do. I'm tired of saying it. Not done with football. Moving on to baseball. Big deal signed yesterday. Fernando Tatis, third largest deal in MLB history in terms of overall value. 14-year, $340 million deal. 
You're only 22 years old. Like I said in the intro, for, when I was 22, pfft, <laughs> I was useless when I was 22 years old. I was absolutely useless. Provided nothing to society. And this man, bringing joy to thousands of people when they watch him play because he is so good at baseball and is very deserved. Very deserved. Only at 22 years old. And the, the investment that they put into this man cannot be understated. I mean, it is literally the third largest deal behind Mike Trout at $426.5 million, and then Mookie Betts is the second largest at $365 million. And the fact that they didn't sign their contracts, you know, Bryce Harper didn't as well, his is fourth largest. They didn't sign their contracts till their late 20s. That just goes to show you what how the Padres feel about this kid. I mean, over the course of the two seasons, they've had 143 games. He's hit 301. He's got 301 average. He's got 374 uh, on-base percentage, 578 slugging percentage, 39 home runs, and 27 stolen bases. That's over the course of 143 games, like I said. And on top of that, last year finished one a silver slugger, finished third in MLP in NL MVP, MVP voting, excuse me, in the National League last year. And this just goes on. This is one extra thing to add on to another stellar Padres offseason. Uh, they got trade traded for you, Darvish, traded for Blake Snell to bolster that rotation, and they still have one of the top-ranking farm systems in Major League Baseball. Kudos to that Padres front office. Kudos to general manager A.J. Preller. Came from the Rangers organization. You know, he probably wasn't going to get higher up in, de- in Texas, so he moved on and he got plucked from Texas, and it was it was well known, and he was already already highly highly regarded in the Rangers organization when he left. It was a big get for San Diego when he left Texas. I remember him leaving, and I remember how big of a deal it was because of how well he did at his job here in the Lone Star State. Now he's off there building a monster team in San Diego. You know, it just go. You know, you just think you think about you know what what would happen if he were in John Daniels' position, even though I don't I don't really think John Daniels is the big issue here in Texas. I think they just don't really have they just they're they're you know the farm system just hasn't worked out. A lot of the players haven't panned out as well as they thought they have. You know, John Daniels was the person that built the teams that went to the World Series. So and if you want to put that on Nolan Ryan, then you really you know he he had some say, but it was mainly John Daniels more than Nolan Ryan. That that's fact right there. Okay, it was definitely John Daniels had a bigger say in how the team teams were built when they went to the World Series than Nolan Ryan did. Nolan Ryan was just a face you saw on TV every single game. But anyway, so Scott on the Rangers tangent there. Uh, yeah, Padres once again stellar off season, huge investment in a such a young player, twenty two years old, and he's already making such money. And it's got a no full, full no trade clause as well, so it looks like he might be a Padre for his entire life, and he'll be 36 when the deal is up. I mean, the dude might still be playing very, very good baseball at that age. You know, obviously you can't predict injuries, can't predict things like that, but the way this kid's playing at such a young age, and he hasn't even hit his prime yet, it looks like this was a very solid and very smart investment by the San Diego Padres. Now a little basketball time. Dallas Mavericks haven't had a game in a few days. Last couple games have been canceled due to weather, power outages in Dallas. Understandably so. It's a pretty rough situation down there. Uh, still waiting to hear about Dallas's game uh, tomorrow in Houston. 
Don't really know much about, haven't heard anything about that. I bet that gets released later today, probably after I post this, which will be, sounds about right and how things go for me. Uh, the last game was on Sunday, lost to Portland 121-118. Really good game. Damian Lillard hit a, butt, hit a late shot to put Portland ahead. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, the man's playing lights out. When Damian Lillard's on this level, you don't want to face him at all. You don't want to be anywhere around him. I mean, with no Nurkic, no use of Nurkic, no C.J. McCollum, this man is still winning games for this team. And, and, you know, it's just it's just something that I don't want to say Luka lacks an ability to get his team to win, win games, but it seems like Damian Lillard just has that killer instinct that a lot of other players don't have. His ability to hit late shots, his, his clutch ability, his 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 ability to just take over a game at any at a moment's notice is ridiculous. And he doesn't he it's a lot of it's something that a lot of players in this league don't have. You know, no one can hit late shots like Damian Lillard can. And there's just something about the way he plays basketball, the the tenacity he comes out there with, and it's tough to beat. And it's it's something that you can grow into to an extent, but a lot of it is natural. Lucas, but I mean, you know, Lucas still played very well. Dropped another forty points. That's forty points in back-to-back games for him. He was been lights out from three in his last two. Went ten for sixteen. Uh, he went five from eight against the Pelicans. I think he went five from eight against Portland. So that's ten for sixteen from three over the last two games. He loved to see that after the pretty horrendous start he had from three to begin the season. KP played all. KP didn't play great against Portland, but he's played well over his last several games, and you like to see that continue. But you know he didn't play well. Only had eighteen points. Went zero for three from beyond the arc, and then Dallas lost the game. So go figure. So go figure. Think about it. How you know? Take you know? Take that however you want it and run with it. I think if, K, if KP if KP plays well, Dallas will win basketball games. As simple as that. When KP doesn't play well, Dallas doesn't win basketball games. Simple as that. And a lot of it can be shored up by, by a little by a little trade, maybe. You know, maybe go get Andre Drummond. That's who I think would help out Dallas tremendously. Uh, you know, maybe trade a second rounder. Got Dwight Powell, got James Johnson you can get rid of. Really, really, really want to avoid getting rid of Jalen Brunson. Um, I think if you get rid of Jalen Brunson, that's only going to exacerbate the other issues that Dallas has, and that's a second creator, second scorer um, behind Luke, or mainly a second creator, a second, uh, someone that can handle the ball and do things when Luke is off the ball or off the court. And that's been Jalen Brunson throughout the year. And even... Even before recently, Dallas had issues with it. When Jalen was out with COVID, Dallas had big issues creating offense when Luka was off the ball or off the court. And Jalen has really stepped into that role and has played well this season. He shot the ball well, too. And I'd really hate to get rid of that. And then Dallas, like once again, exacerbates further issues that they have. And, you know, solving that issue would be going to get a player like Bradley Beal, but Bradley Beal may be too expensive for Dallas. And I think Andre Drummond might be a more affordable option and would also help out a big need Dallas. That Dallas can't rebound for shit and getting a guy like Andre Drummond would help out tremendously there. You know, he's a 15.15 rebound guy a night. And that's production Dallas needs, like, drastically. Like, it's it's painful to watch this team get out-rebounded by teams that are 6'7 and shorter. I can't stand it. 
I can't stand it. The paint defense has to improve as well. I, I, regardless of if Dallas goes and gets Andre Drummond, I need to see Chris Stapps become more aggressive in the paint. I need to see multiple block nights for him more often. It has to happen. It has to happen. It cannot be, cannot continue with the passiveness that this team shows around the rim. They need to become more aggressive. They need to start freaking putting bodies on bodies, rebounding basketball, blocking people out, swatting some shots. Okay, be formidable in the paint. Be formidable in the paint, please. That's it for the show. Like I said, going to be a lot of football here. I'm glad. I love having football on my shows. Hopefully get more of that. Hopefully the next one, the Cowboys have paid the quarterback. But we'll see you there. We'll see you there. Anyway, that's it for the point. Like and listen and share and do whatever. I appreciate it all so much. Y'all are great. Y'all have a great rest of the day. See you next time.